daily digest of the who, what, and why of Waterloo Region. Welcome to Kitchener Today on City News 570. snowing out isn't it supposed to be like a high of four degrees today or something like that and i look out the window i go out to the kitchen to grab refill my my water mug i need to stay hydrated during the show and it's snowing out light snow but snow temperature is supposed to be really nice apparently for the next few days anyway Welcome in to yet another edition of Kitchener Today on City News 570. If you haven't guessed by now, me, producer Polly, in with you today and join this half hour by... Producer Brittany. Producer Brittany. So, how you doing, Brittany? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. It's It's been... When was the last time I feel... I think it's, I think it's been a week since I've been on. Yeah. So, now I am on this week. Because nobody else is available, apparently, because everybody's off on spring break. <laughs> so they Except called... for us. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> so I'm here today, Thursday, and Friday. Woo! So three days this week. And uh, I, I'm going to keep teeing this up all week. Since I'm hosting Friday, I do intend to do free phones Friday this Woo! week. I know we've gotten a couple of messages, at least I have, mm-hmm. from people who were disappointed that we didn't do it the last couple of weeks when Ian McLean was on a bit, but Ian would rather stick with what he's mm-hmm. comfortable with interviewing people. I always love the the listener interaction. So put that in your Google calendar this Friday at 2 p.m. Free phones Friday returns for one day only. Hey, Google, put free phones Friday in the calendar. Do you realize what you just did? I do. You just I did activated. it for you, yeah, Polly. But no, but if you say the G word or the A <laughs> word on the radio, it activates all the smart speakers. Oh, I didn't do the A one. Hey, Alexa. No. <laughs> what are you doing? No. You're going to activate. I'm doing it just for you. I know how much joy it brings you. There's no smart speaker in this room right now, so I'm fine. (laughs) But the thousands of people out there listening, their smart speakers are all talking to them right now. That's very generous. (laughs) Fine, millions then. Okay, are you happy? The millions of people listening out there right now, their smart speakers are all going, I do not understand that command. Please repeat. (laughs) My wife, by the way. My wife, I don't know how you do this. My wife has set up our smart speaker so that whenever she asks it, what is my husband? Where, sorry, where is my husband? It says something like, he's on the couch watching what? TV. It sounds like she's got like some kind of tracking device yeah. on you, Polly. And then she asks it, what is your husband doing? It says, he's dreaming of his next trip to Vegas. <gasps> so what? I don't know how... She set that up. Obviously, there's a way to do it. So Wow. Okay. Yeah. okay. Someone is always watching. Yes. <laughs> Put my computer on mute. I don't need everybody to hear every time I get an email. Meow, meow, meow. 
Okay, what's happening on the show today? Let's run through this lineup, and then we'll get to the usual stuff. The day, whatever day it is today, and Brittany, you have a question. Mm-hmm. Now, you said you only have one I question. I only have one today, so hopefully it doesn't go quick. You, you are really pushing the envelope here, young lady. <laughs> if somebody gets the answer, how am I going to fill the next Well, come on, Polly. What whatever. is this? It's what is this? What show is this for you? You've been doing this for how long now? You're Doesn't a pro. Matter. Doesn't matter. Come Still got to find stuff to talk about. Well, come on. You're a pro. No, well, And you're full of so much knowledge. No, thank you. All right. I don't know. <laughs> That's very nice. Uh, coming up at 2.30, of course, our Tuesday Tech Spotlight feature. And Alex Leduc will be here. I think I mispronounced We'll get his correct name when he's on 2.30. He's the CEO of Perch, which is a company that bills itself as a tech company that helps you build wealth through real estate. And uh, so that could be interesting. They also claim that they could help you buy your first home because a lot of people are frustrated by that. House price is going crazy. Mm-hmm. First-time home buyers can't even afford anything. I could use that help anything. last summer. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's at two thirty. Coming up at two o'clock. Now, uh, the the city of Kitchener. Now they they approved this last fall, I think, in the October. But you may have seen signs now starting to pop up in various Kitchener neighborhoods that in some neighborhoods the speed limit has been reduced from fifty kilometers to forty kilometers. So we're going to be speaking to Ward 4 Councillor Christine Machaud about that because those signs have now started to pop up. I haven't seen any yet, but I've, I've seen a couple of comments on Facebook. At 1.30, all right, everybody brace yourselves. This is either going to be the most, the most entertaining or the worst thing you've ever heard on the radio. I, don't yeah, I can vouch it's probably <laughs> going to be a very frustrating half hour. Okay, so... The the internet is is arguing about something yet again. Of course, we had the that great debate about is it Yanny or Laurel? Is the dress blue or mm-hmm. I? What was the other color? Blue or what? Purple Yellow? or gold? Purple or gold or something yeah. like that. The latest thing the internet is arguing about is what are there more of in the world? Doors. Or wheels. Now, of course, there's no definitive answer. It's just one's opinion. But we have had multiple arguments. At the, we just have to mention that question, and everybody has an opinion yeah. on it. So that's coming up at one thirty. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I can anticipate it. I'm going to save and my Brittany thoughts and I for then. are on different teams. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so doors or wheels? Which are there more of? Think about that. Give us a call at one thirty. At one o'clock. Suddenly last week, Major League Baseball, uh, the managers, or I guess I guess it would be the uh, the owners and the players, suddenly came to a deal. That that news kind of came out of left field. So we have baseball. No pun intended. Well, that's what I didn't even mean to say. That's funny. That's just an expression I use from time to time. Good one. But uh, yeah, so we will have baseball. In fact, I think the first spring training games are supposed to be on Friday. This is all happening very quickly. Season opens Mm -hmm. on April 7th, and we're going to be talking to Ian Hunter, Blue Jay writer for the Daily, actually baseball writer for the Daily Hive, about some of the different rule changes that we're going to see this season and next season. So that's coming up at 1 o'clock. And at 1230, is March break really a break? Of course, with the pandemic, 
it's tough to get away, work and home have combined to be the same thing. So how can you relax, have fun with the kids without trying to plan some big extravaganza? You know, some big trip out somewhere. You can you can do it all at home. So that's coming up at twelve thirty. But first of all, of course, every day is a day. So today is World Speech Day. Speeches have become some of the most influential opportunities for promoting and advancing change in the world, not only in academia, but but in general culture, while speakers certainly have a monumental impact on the way that society is shaped, those who write the speeches may be considered to be just as powerful and impactful. So it's World Speech Day. Woo! Uh, today is also World Consumer Rights Day. <laughs> if you've ever purchased something and needed to return it, you've exercised your consumer rights. These rights have not always been something that is easily defined or enforced. The organization Consumers International has been bringing awareness to these rights with World Consumer Rights Day. So, And today, a day that I can get behind, I think a day that almost anybody can get behind, and certainly a day that any cat can get behind, it's World Napping Day. Oh, I like that. Even though naps can be extremely beneficial, they seem to be underutilized by those who are over the age of six. (laughs) While some modern... Cultures incorporate a nap into their day. Many do not. National Napping Day encourages people all over the world to remember these benefits of youth and take a little time out of the day for a much-needed rest. I tell you, I I used to do the morning show, produce the morning show over on Country 106.7 mm-hmm. down the hall, and so I would take a nap every afternoon because I'd get up like at two thirty, two thirty in the morning to you know get the show ready. There's nothing like a good afternoon nap. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously. But you know what, though? The problem is sometimes uh, you can take like a nap too long and then you feel more tired. So I've it's got to be that like happen. that perfect balance of, you know. I've had that happen, but I, there's just sometimes in the afternoon, if you get into the the right, I don't know, state of mind or you hit your sleep rhythm at the right spot or whatever, some of the best sleeps I've ever had have been in the afternoon. But, you know, having an afternoon nap, though, has its uh, drawbacks, especially in the winter when the sun goes down like mm-hmm. at 430. There, there, there were a couple of times, and anybody who's ever worked in morning radio or, you know, early morning media can attest to this. You take an, af- uh, an afternoon nap, and you wake up, it's dark, it's 530, you think you're late for work. But no, it's 530 p.m., That happened to me more than once, let me tell you. Okay, the other thing we like to do in this opening segment is the question of the day or the not-so-impossible question, whatever Mm -hmm. we're billing it as, and Brittany always brings the bacon. Mm -hmm. I think this one's going to be easy. Okay, so you think it's going to be easy, and then you also (laughs) admitted to me that you you do not have a backup. (laughs) Well, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. we definitely will. <laughs> Sorry, I got Bolly. 14 more minutes to fill before oh, the Bolly, news at 1230. Pro. You can do it. <sighs> it the, I, I do not have faith. All right. And Okay, let's, let's hear it. What, right. what do you got? Today's question. Most cars have this, but you probably don't use it every day. Most cars have this. 
but you probably don't use it every day. Correct. 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715 and star 570 hands-free. One more time, Brittany, then we'll go to a break and take some calls. Most cars have this, but you probably don't use it every day. I have an idea, but I'll hold on to it because I don't want to rain on anybody's parade if I happen to be right. We're going to a break. This is Kitchener Today on City News 570. Got a tweet from Ron. We were talking about the smart speakers. Brittany, you activated Ron's smart speaker when you said one of the words, and he says he listens to to the show on his phone, and he had to restart the whole stream because you messed things up. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Ron. Way to go. (laughs) Uh, our question today, what is it, Brittany? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Ron. <laughs> All right. Most cars have this, but you probably don't use it every day. Is it a turn signal? What is it? Especially if you're... Especially well, you know, if you're, Polly, some cars don't even come with that at yeah, all. Yeah, well, it seems like it. Some of those more expensive cars, they seem to be optional. <laughs> 519-570-2545, out of town, one 800 570 5715 mm-hmm. and star 570. Of course, you don't win anything for this. No, it's no all prize, bragging just rights. for bragging rights. Kyle, what do you got? There's no prize for this? Well, then. You know a the bottle spiel. of ketchup for Kyle. You're, you're always the first person in here. Don't give me that spiel. <laughs> okay. Anyways, you saw what I was going to say. So I'm going to say a cup holder. A cup holder? Good guess, but no. Good guess, but right. no. All right. Call back again, Kyle, if you think you know the answer. Straight back from Myrtle Beach. Mary, what do you know? Right. With a red hot pants. Anyway, um, I'm going to say a handbrake. A handbrake? Oh, that's another good no, guess, but no, it's not. No, it's not it. I, my car doesn't have a handbrake. It has like a foot brake. Oh, yeah, okay. Right? A lot of cars mm-hmm. have that, though. Mm-hmm. So... All right. A lot of car... What is it? (laughs) I can never remember. (laughs) Most cars have this, but you probably don't use it every day. Mark, do you have a guess? I've got a guess, uh, Polly. I'm going to say cruise control. You're right. It is cruise control. You got it, Mark. is the answer. Right on. All right. Thanks, Mark. Okay. All right. Cool. So my my sister does not like cruise control. Oh, really? She she doesn't like to be put in a position where she can't be in control of the car. Hmm. Even though you still have your hand on the steering wheel, you're con- she, she, <laughs> she does not like cruise control. Yeah, that's so fair. So that's the answer. That's the answer. Most cars have this, but not everybody uses it every day. Mm-hmm. Cruise control. Do you have another question? I have I a couple. Of, but I, you said you have two. I have a couple of more here. So let, right. let's try this. Again, another impossible question, or not so impossible question. Mm-hmm. So how about this? 47% of people would change this about their workplace. 519-570-2545, hmm. out of town, one 800 570, 5715, and star 570. 47% of people would change this about their workplace. Do you have any guesses? um, Oh my goodness. I want to say like how many many days a week you work. No, that's not it. That would be good though. Mm -hmm. A lot lot of workplaces. Like maybe moving it from five days a week to only four. That would be cool. I worked... In a, uh, I I worked in a factory many years ago, and they did um, 
continental shifts. Okay. So there were 12-hour days, mm-hmm. but you would work, so I would work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, and then oh, the wow. next month it would flip. So I'd have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off and work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, wow. Okay. And the neat thing is between, as you were flipping from the beginning of the week to the end of the week, mm-hmm. you either had to work seven days in a row, which that was killer. Mm-hmm. But then you also got seven days in a row off and mm-hmm. it didn't count towards your holidays because you just simply weren't scheduled. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. All right. So 47% of people would change this about their workplace. 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570, hands free. Dan, do you have a guess? Dan? He's stand there. I can't hear anything. No. No, oh, he hung up on us. Hung up on me, why don't you? <laughs> Joe, do you have a guess? 47% of people would change this about their workplace. Hey, Polly, my guess would be um, when you start in the mornings or when you leave at nights, because a lot of people complain when they have to start really early. Kind of set your own hours. No, yeah. that's not right. But, no way. All right. Try again, Joe, though. Thanks for the call. Yeah. So our uh, our second impossible question, our not so impossible question. I'd be careful how I word that. 47% of people would change this about their workplace. 519-570-2545 out of town, 1-800-570-5715 and star 570 hands free. Okay. Wouldn't I got another guess. guess. Is it um, eliminating meetings? No, it's not eliminating meetings. But that, a lot of people would be happy. But yeah. am I the only one out there who actually? I don't mind meetings. I know you. You even have bring questions to I ask do. at the meetings. I, I know, at our staff meetings, at the end of every meeting, you know, you can ask questions or whatever, and it's a running joke around here. All right, time now for questions and answers. Paul, what do you got? Like, yeah. they, they automatically come to me because they always know that I'm going to have a question. I like knowing what's happening around here. You know. Keep in tune with the workplace. Know what's happening and, you know, the, what's changing all that. Okay. 47% of people would change this about their workplace. Sean, do you know the answer? I don't know if I know it, but I feel like a good guess would be the temperature. No, it's not the temperature. It's, that's not a bad guess, I suppose. But, no, it's not the temperature. The, the temperature in this place is crazy. Every, oh, my every gosh. room is a different temperature. Mm-hmm. We can, I this mean, room itself is a sauna. I know. What is going on here? It's always <laughs> hot. And I, I'm going to bring a fan in here. If I, can, I, if I have a little portable fan, I might bring a little portable fan in here. It is crazy in here. Steve, do you have a guess? Changing the days of the week that you work. So from five down to four. No, that's not the answer. No, but uh, good guess, though. Uh, Thanks for listening, Steve. We're going to take one more call here, and then we'll we'll give you the answer. Kyle, do you know this? 47% of people would change this about their workplace. I'm going to guess probably more Zoom meetings. No. More? more. Nobody wants more. They want less. Did you say Zoom meetings? Yeah, like, you know, like the uh, webcam and all that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not it. Okay, so here's the answer. In a study, 47% of people would change the coffee. What? They would change the coffee at their workplace. 47% of people don't like the coffee. Maybe not the fact that they have coffee, just maybe they don't like the kind that they have. 
Okay. I like the coffee here. But eh, we've changed. I guess the- I fall in that 47% because oh, the coffee really? here is oh, not good. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go. 47% of people would change the coffee in their workplace if they were able to. We've got the news coming up next with Aaron Anderson. And then next after that, is March break really a break? How can pandemic weary parents can recharge and connect with children without a vacation? This is uh, Kitchener Today on City News 570. Producer Polly in with you today on City News 570 and Kitchener Today. Well, of course, we are in the, the midst of March break. Most students are off school this week. And this, this might be kind of the first normal feeling March break in a couple of years. Of course, we all know that we've been dealing with the pandemic. Things are finally starting to get back to normal. But a recent piece in the conversation says that reinforcing the message that children are worthy and loved does not depend on planning big blockbuster events. And here to talk more about that is Kimberly Hillier. She is lecturer of faculty of education at the University of Windsor and joins us today. Kimberly, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. So, as mentioned, you know, the, the pandemic has really distru- uh, disrupted our lives. And, you know, back in March of 2020, suddenly work and home became the same place and it seemed that there was no escape. This, is, this was, you know, tough for a lot of people, I suppose. That's right. Yeah, you know, and I think for a lot of families, um, particularly families who didn't get an opportunity to really have any sort of a break. I mean, there was an uptick in, you know, certain professions, um, certainly uh, a lot of essential services, um, you know, they didn't really even have any sort of a break, um, you know, as well for racialized communities, uh, mothers in particular, who we know during that time have taken on, um, you know, a, a lot of the domestic uh, responsibilities around the home, in addition to maintaining, um, you know, their work schedule and tending to their, you know, to children's needs as well. Now, of course, we all need breaks. What are some of the benefits of taking breaks, you know, particularly mental breaks? Absolutely. Um, well, in the article, we do discuss that, you know, there are a lot of benefits for even taking brief mental breaks. Uh, some of those benefits include reduced mental fatigue, boosted brain function, uh, longer on-task behavior for children as well. So I'm speaking more to, um, you know, children in, in classrooms at this time. Um, you know, so even in the classroom, there are, you know, a lot of increases in cognitive functioning and that on-task behavior as well. Um, you know, and in our article, we, we situate these benefits within uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And so, you know, really, you know, tending to those basic needs like rest and, um, you know, rest, sleep, and that really contributes to reaching those higher level needs like love and belonging. And so in the piece, there are five recommendations uh, for helping uh, you know, deal with, you know, pandemic, you know, stress and just, you know, connecting with your kids without having to break the bank. The first one is spend time in nature. Yes. 
yes. So, you know, even going for a walk in, you know, a local conservation area. We're here in Windsor and we have our beautiful Ojibwe Park, Malden Park. Um, so even just checking out some local conservation areas or, you know, other other paths or anywhere to go for a walk, really. I mean, this is such a beautiful time to get out and do that. The weather, luckily, is a little nicer this week. So getting some fresh air, going for a brisk walk um, is, you know, a really great way to do that. And research shows that spending just even 10 minutes three times per week or more outdoors can, can help lower stress levels as well. Uh, number two is family activity night. Yes, yeah. So here we're just talking about, you know, engaging in a family activity, um, like a, a family game night, you know, get out the board games, build a puzzle together. Um, you know, we suggest even creating like an indoor camping night. Um, you can do this with uh, beach equipment if you have it. So just utilizing whatever materials you have in your home um, to, to just foster that connectedness with, with your children. Uh, number three is get active. Yes. So here again, um, you know, the health benefits of regular physical activity are well documented. Um, you know, whether it's going for, a, again, a brief walk, going for a run, um, just doing anything to really tend to that physiological need to get active, get mobile and, and get outside for some fresh air. Uh, number four is connect daily. Yes, yeah, so here we're talking about, you know, very simple yet powerful ways to connect with your children. And so this will vary as well for the age of your child. Um, you know, perhaps your child is preschool age or school age or even um, a, a teenage. But just, you know, making some ways to, you know, just even provide a, a verbal affirmation to your child, making those really small moments matter, um, you know, just taking some time to, to talk, you know, to talk. I know with my daughter, this typically happens at, you know, the end of the night when, you know, we're cuddling up for bed. This is the time where a lot of um, experiences from the day really tend to come out. So just creating that space and uh, the opportunity to allow them to, to just communicate whatever is, is on their mind. And the fifth one is, and I'm, I, I guess not only children, but also adults can benefit from reducing their screen time. Yes. And, you know, this was a tricky one. And both my colleague and I, Dr. Lindsay Jaber, as we were writing the article, we said, you know, we ha also have to commit to, to these things. And, um, you know, this one here, it really, research does show that, you know, throughout the pandemic, there was a, a, an increase in uh, screen time. You know, this was a way that we were maintaining connection with our loved ones. And so it was kind of hard to get away from our devices. Um, with work, a lot of us are still remote, uh, you know, are still on our computers for work or, you know, our virtual teachers. And so creating some time to just, you know, create that space between our devices, um, if possible. We know that this is something, again, that is hard for a lot of people to do right now. Um, and something that is largely out of their control. And so we do make that suggestion with uh, the knowledge that this is also um, a privilege for, for many to be able to get away from their screens. Um, and so we do have a strong appreciation for that. But if, if possible, just, you know, putting down the screens and tending to the other four uh, ways to connect first. Kimberly, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, Kimberly Hillier, she is lecturer of faculty of education.
at the University of Windsor. And she was one of the co-writers on a, a piece of the conversation. Uh, really, uh, the title of it was, Is March Break Really a Break? How Pandemic-Weary Parents Can Recharge and Connect with Children Without a Vacation. You know, I, I, I'm sometimes, I guess, a little guilty of this. I, uh, my, my son visits every other weekend, and I always feel pressure to, you know, have him out doing something. I don't want to sit in all day and all weekend and watch TV. So we're always, I, I always want to have, you know, us going out and doing something, whether it's bowling or we, you know, go to a hockey game, things like that. But, uh, you know, there are things that you can do inside as well. And I think we all learned a lot about that during the pandemic. If you have a thought on this, love to hear it. 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570, hands-free. Reinforcing the message that children are worthy and love does not depend on planning big blockbuster events. So what do you do with your children when you don't want to break the bank? Uh, the, the five recommendations in this piece are spend time in nature, you know, maybe go for a hike or something, family activity night. I remember when I was younger, we always used to have board game nights. I don't know if we did it every week, but certainly every couple of weeks we would we would pull out a, a, a board game and play it all uh, uh, as a family, actually, one of the funniest stories ever was uh, one one time my grandmother was over, and she was my grandmother lived in Whitehorse, Yukon, so we didn't get to see her that often. But she was down visiting, and we decided to play Clue, which is my favorite board game. I love Clue, and and, and if you'd never played it, basically you got to solve a crime, right? It was you know uh, uh, you know Miss Scarlet in the kitchen with the lead pipe, and, and you got to guess. Anyway, the answer to the murder is in an envelope in the center of the board, and whoever guesses at first is the winner of the game. My grandmother had never played Clue before in her life, you know, in her 80 years or whatever, however old she was at the time. Her first guess when it came to be her turn was the correct guess. What, do you have that? I don't have that. My grandmother won Clue, the first guess, the first time she ever played. So that was fun. (laughs) Yeah, so family game night is uh, another idea. Uh, Number three is get active. So just, you know, know, get up off the couch, do something. I suppose it could work, you know, with the the first thing, you know, spend time in nature. Uh, Connect daily. So, you know, especially at night, our, our guest Kimberly Hillier suggests, you know, particularly in the evening, maybe before you go to bed or something, you know, connect with your children because, you know, the the craziest, craziness of the day is starting to, you know, wind down a little bit and they might be a little bit more open to talking about things and, you know, really kind of telling you how they're feeling. And the fifth one, I think we can all benefit from this, is reduce screen time and i don't maybe, maybe we pick up a book or something and uh instead of you know spend i mean i'm guilty of this i'm watching tv and i'm also scrolling on my phone at the same time and i'm not even paying attention to what's on the tv I, i'm guilty of that i think we all are if you ever thought on this 519-570-2545 out of town 1-800-570-5715 and star 570 how pandemic weary parents can recharge and connect with their children without a vacation. This is Kitchener Today on City News 570.
You know, even going for a walk in, you know, a local conservation area. We're here in Windsor and we have our beautiful Ojibwe Park, Malden Park. Um, so even just checking out some local conservation areas or, you know, other other paths or anywhere to go for a walk, really. I mean, this is such a beautiful time to get out and do that. The weather, luckily, is a little nicer this week. So getting some fresh air, going for a brisk walk um, is, you know, a really great way to do that. And research shows that spending just even 10 minutes three times per week or more outdoors can, can help lower stress levels as well. Kimberly Hillier, she's a lecturer, faculty of education at the University of Windsor, joining us a few moments ago to discuss a piece that she co-wrote in the conversation recently called, Is March Break Really a Break? How Pandemic-Weary Parents Can Recharge and Connect with Children Without a Vacation. And the five things are spend time in nature, family activity night, get active, connect daily, and reduce screen time. So those are just some things that you can do at home, uh, you know, without having to, you know, go on a big vacation or even, you know, spend money on, you know, a, a movie or, or whatever. You can do all that stuff at home. Uh, kind of along the lines of, of this topic, uh, an article I came across, which I found interesting, I guess, you know, kind of related a little bit, I suppose, to what we're talking about. Uh, seven simple habits that can fix 80% of your problems. Uh, this is, there are sort of seven things. This article on medium.com has captured uh, many problems that many of us have. So number one is create a morning ritual. Have a morning ritual for yourself. Practice waking up early. It makes you prepare for the day, makes time for exercise, make time for meditation. The more you practice it, the better your life gets. So that's creating a morning ritual. The second habit that can fix 80% of your problems, social media detox. Keep track of time when you indulge in your phone. The best way is to keep a timer when you use your phone. Spend an hour without touching your phone or TV and notice how much you enjoy it. I think I've mentioned this on Farwell's show a couple of times. One of the one of the social media uh, or I guess, I guess political commentators that I follow on YouTube. He does a, a for the entire month of August, does a, a complete social media detox, turns off, not only turns off his phone, literally locks it in a safe. And so he, there's no tweets, no YouTube, whatever. He, he, he completely comes away from social media and he comes back every September and, and talks about, you know, how, uh, you know, how, how much clearer his mind is. But the best part about that is, I mean, he, not just social media, he disconnects from the entire world, doesn't follow sports, doesn't follow news, doesn't do anything, completely disconnects. And so when he comes back in September on his YouTube show, he'll have somebody you know, from his his his, uh, his inner circle or, or whatever, who's been following the news all August, and he finds out live with everybody else what he missed for the month. And I think the best one was, I guess it was a couple of years ago, the whole Jeffrey Epstein situation. That happened in August. And when he found out that Jeffrey Epstein had died in prison, his reaction was priceless. What? 
Epstein? Yeah, he had no idea. That's how disconnected he gets. So, yeah, uh, social media detox. Uh, I try to do that every now and again. Every now and again, I'm like, okay, I, I'm just going to kind of take a break for the the weekend or whatever. But to do it for the whole month, I would love to be in a position to do that sometime. So, yeah, seven simple habits that can fix 80% of your problems. Number two, social media detox. Number three is have non negotiables. That means you have to complete the task that you've assigned for yourself. And the person who wrote this, uh, their non-negotiables are a 20-minute walk, a 10-minute meditation, taking cold showers. Really? What do you mean? I guess guess maybe that helps clear your mind. Uh, And at night, no screen time an hour before bed. They tell you that too. You can kind of disrupt your your sleep cycle, and no food for two hours before bed. Yeah, I've heard that one as well. So uh, the number four tip that they say will fix many of your problems, if something takes five minutes or less, do it. I've heard of this one before. If you can do something that takes less than five minutes to complete it, do it right away. Getting those simple tasks done right away prevents a lot of clutter and stress later on because sometimes it maybe it's not the length of work it's just you look at your to-do list and oh then there's 20 there's 20 things on my to-do list but if you if you check off the the things that might only take five minutes you feel like you've accomplished a lot more and you really knock down that to-do list so uh, number five is get enough rest without enough rest you can't enjoy or improve your life to get all the things done as expected you must get through rest for your body and mind, not getting enough rest makes you cranky. <laughs> Tell that to my wife. <laughs> and reduces your ability to concentrate. Maybe that's maybe that's all my problems. <laughs> my wife says I'm cranky all the time. Maybe, maybe I'm not sleeping enough at night. <laughs> maybe I need to turn off my screen two hours before bedtime. Uh, number six is follow what is called the 80-20 rule. Invest most of your energy and time on those specific tasks that create a big impact and maximize your productivity. 20% of the tasks yield 80% of the results. And the seventh thing that you can do that will fix 80% of your problems is plan your day the night before. Get everything you ready you need for the morning. Things seem simpler when everything is planned and handy. It will relax your mind before getting to bed and will sleep peacefully because you have sorted out your works according to your priorities. I do sometimes have problems sleeping. Um, I don't generally have problems falling asleep initially. I'm usually pretty good with that. But, you know, as you get older, I think many of you will, will know that you can't always sleep through the night you got to get up in the middle of the night to go to the washroom. And then I find that I always have trouble getting back to sleep after I've gone to the washroom in the middle of the night. And I start thinking about stuff. And a lot of people will say, uh, you know, just write stuff down. You know, write, you know, write things down, get it off your mind. But I start thinking about stupid things. I start thinking, I'm like, well, this actor was, was, was better in this movie than that movie, and here's why. And I was like, this is not even important at 2.36 in the morning. <laughs> uh, the, th- the things that go through my mind, it's just crazy. Manny, go ahead. Do you think 
Do you think Farwell wakes up in the middle of the night thinking about and thinks about Rush and then can't get back to sleep? Uh, I, you know, it's funny. I that was a crazy half hour on Farwell show. I only heard some of it, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I got to go back and listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, those are all good. You know what I do when I wake up, if I wake up in the middle of the night, Mm -hmm. um, there are very simple breathing exercises to do that can bring you like back to being present. And it's not about necessarily not addressing the things that are on your mind. It's about like being able to let them dissipate, you know, because there's nothing you can do about anything you're thinking about at three in the morning. Yeah. So there's like super, like super quick and easy, a few minute breathing exercises. There's a lot of great YouTube videos on how to do it. Okay. Um, Like left nostril breathing, right nostril breathing, like depending on how you're feeling, what kind of breathing you should do, or even just very simply just like being very purposeful with your breath. And this is specific for sleep? Yeah. Well, not just for sleep, but just for like, you know, like not clearing your mind, but Mm -hmm. just like easing your mind and and, and letting you be able to find like a more of a calm place. Right. Because that's really just it. You're not going to completely shut everything off. Yeah. And to get into like a deeper meditation at that time doesn't really make a lot of sense. So like a quick breathing exercise, at least for me, I always find that that really helps. Okay. What is this left nostril and right nostril? Do you have to plug one one hole? How does that work? Yeah, don't put your finger up it. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> no, no, just pushing pushing the side of, of your nose, like whatever side. Um, uh, you know, and, and both both sides of your of of, the, of your nose mean different things uh, for different things you're you know trying to achieve. So, huh? I'm gonna have to. I haven't heard that theory before. I mean, I know yeah, about yeah. pressure points and things like that, but I haven't heard that the different nostrils are supposed to mean different things. Yeah, and like my, uh, well, Mrs. Manny started taking like this reflexology stuff on the side. And uh, from being together for so long, she would never touch my feet, ever. She's like, your feet are disgusting. Even with socks on or something? Nothing. I'm telling you, (laughs) nothing. My feet are soft. I have exactly 13 hairs on each foot. Maybe 14 (laughs) on the one, 13 on the other. I'm telling you, they're literally hairless. They're soft, they're beautiful, well-kept nails, not discolored. I'll have to take your word for that, Manny. She would not touch them, bro, I'm telling you. She takes this reflexology course, and now she just wants to keep practicing on my feet. It's like one of the greatest things that ever happened. Oh, okay, so there's a good story in the end. All right, cool. All right, thanks. How's it going, man? Thanks for the call, Manny. (laughs) I'll have to take Manny's word for it, that his feet are luscious and smooth. That's maybe a little... Too much information. Coming up after the news, let's play ball. The uh, Major League Baseball is going to be returning officially in a couple of weeks. Ian Hunter, who is the lead baseball writer with the Daily Hive, joins us after the news on Kitchener Today on City News 570. I just went out to the hallway, and it is, well, it's cold out there, but I think that's normal temperature. It, it is hot in this studio. I, I'm going to send a fault report. Welcome back to Kitchener Today on City News 570. Producer Polly here with you today till 3 p.m. Well, were you aware that baseball has been in a work stoppage for the last four months, for some, the realization is recent when they turned on their TV or radio and discovered that there were no spring training games. 
<laughs> well, that is about to change. Major League Baseball, the owners and the players, came to an agreement after a lockout that lasted. It was December 1st. So what, what maybe three months, three or four months. But baseball is coming back and joining us to discuss this is Ian Hunter. Uh, he's an employee here with the Rogers Kitchener Radio Group. But more importantly, this is really impressive. Ian, you're the lead baseball writer for the Daily Hive now? Yes, sir. And I think maybe maybe the reason why you're so warm is your your body is in spring training right now, anticipating uh, that Florida baseball. So maybe that's what's happening here. Hey, you know what? I like that explanation better than any other. <laughs> so now, Ian, we're, it seemed so the negotiations really kind of ramped up. It seemed in the last you know three or four weeks, and as recently as last Wednesday, this news came out that oh, they're canceling yet another week of the season because they can't come to a deal. And then suddenly on Thursday, they have a deal. Were you as shocked as I was last Thursday when this seemed to come out of nowhere? Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, they put in all the uh, MLB owners and the commissioner put in all these self-imposed deadlines saying, you know, if we don't come to an agreement by Tuesday at five, we're going to cancel the first week of the season and then the second week. And then, you know, after about the third or fourth time of crying wolf, they finally uh, finally came to an agreement. But, yeah, I I thought we might not see baseball until May or June, to be honest, just considering that the, the owners locked out the players as of December 1st. I think it was a 99-day lockout. So mm-hmm. there, was a, there wasn't even any action really until, until February. They weren't even talking. So the fact that they ramped things up uh, pretty quickly is actually is quite shocking, but you know, pleasantly surprised to see that we're gonna, we'll still have a baseball season this year. Yeah, my prediction was about the same as yours, May or June. Now, the, the first couple of weeks of the, the season – were canceled or I guess delayed. How will these games be made up? Yeah, so what they're going to do is probably uh, teams are going to have to throw in a few double headers here and there throughout the season, and then I think they might what they might end up doing is extending the end of the regular season by another three days or so. So typically, you know, that's the end of uh, end of September, first week of October. Mm-hmm. So we might see playoffs a little bit later this year, but. I mean, ultimately, it's that's the thing with a 162-game season. You can find there's off days sprinkled throughout the season, so you could find ways to, to shoehorn those right. games in fairly easily. I guess those details are still being worked out. I guess we should see kind of a, a more permanent schedule coming up, I'm guessing, in the next week or so, eh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the most important thing is, you know, the opening days have been circled. Um, spring training games, I believe, officially get underway within a few days, so... It's actually kind of nice because I don't know about you. I think spring training games kind of go on for about maybe two or three weeks too long. Like I, th- I feel like a month is kind of like the ideal amount of time. I think by the end, most people, like players even, are kind of sick of it. They just want to get on with it. Yeah, so. yeah. Towards the end of spring training, I'm like, okay, can we? I'm ready for the real thing. Let's let's you know, let's start racking up some real wins here. <laughs> yeah, and especially when you know by then the regulars are coming out of the games fairly early, yeah. and it's just you know, young prospects playing and it's like, Hey, let's fast forward and get this thing moving. Let's play some real baseball. So it's, that's kind of a nice side effect from all this, uh, from all the turmoil from the lockout. So this deal will see a, a number of different changes. Some, some will be more noticeable than others. Uh, one of the things is the universal designated hitter, uh, which means that even the national league now will be using the designated hitter. How do you feel about that? 
Yeah, I think it's about time. I mean, I'm not. I'm more of a an American League uh, baseball observer. I know that a lot of traditionalists kind of prefer the National League game where the pitcher is hitting. But um, I'll throw this at you: pitchers hit a total of, uh, point. They hit 108 last year, and they mm-hmm. produced 166 RBIs total in over 4,000 at bats. So. You know, the pitchers are not, it's not fun to see a pitcher hit. Most of the time they're often asked to just bunt somebody over. So I think scrapping that is just going to, it'll turn up the offense a little bit more and hopefully move the needle a little bit more. It it kind of removes the strategy part, like the double switching and whatnot in the National League. But if you're uh, you're a Blue Jays fan or if your team's in the American League, you're used to the DH by now. So I, I just think it's better overall for the game to have everybody on on one playing field with a designated hitter. Expanded playoffs. So I think, are we going from, is it 10 to 12 teams now? I can't remember. Yep, that's correct. So it'll be 12, uh, 6 in the AL, 6 in the NL. It's going to be the three division winners, and now you're going to have three wild cards. So, of course, this comes into effect the year after uh, the Blue Jays would have made the playoffs if it was expanded to, to six teams. So, um, now, all of a sudden, I believe it's the first. So the two teams with the best records get an automatic buy into mm-hmm. the division series. And then the four remaining teams, instead of a one a winner-take-all wildcard game, you're going to get a three-game series, which I, to me personally, I think that's much better. Um, it's always I, – I see what, where Major League Baseball was going with the wildcard game to make it a one-and-done, but I think having a three-game series, it just kind of mimics – overall what baseball is throughout the regular season um, also gives an incentive to, to go for that best overall record. Mm-hmm. So that'll be nice to see. It's not quite as diluted. I know, I think the owners wanted 14 teams in the playoffs and yeah. they came to a compromise at 12. So I think that's a nice, a nice little sweet spot. It also for, uh, for the blue Jays, it also works in their favor too. Yeah. I, um, I never kind of like this idea of your, you know, your entire season coming down to literally one game. So I'm happy to see that that was at least the first round is going to be a three-game series. Yeah, yeah, it makes, it makes a lot more sense. I, You know, it's not maybe down the road. Maybe they expand it to 14. And But to me personally, I think having too many teams in the playoffs kind of dilutes things. You know, you start it starts to get into like NBA, NHL territory, which it doesn't really make it all that special when you've got half the – Half of all of the the pro teams making the playoffs. I so. agree, and I think even in the NBA, it's it's isn't twenty of the thirty two teams. So you literally will have teams in the playoffs who didn't even win half their games. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a case where you know you might potentially have a team under five hundred making the playoffs. Which, I mean, not really. Uh, it, there's no to see a team bow out after winning a hundred over a hundred games in the regular season. It just doesn't seem right. Yeah. So I think this is a good format. So the limit, something we've seen over the last couple of years are seven-inning doubleheaders, two games, seven innings each. I honestly, Ian, I didn't mind the seven-inning doubleheader. And I little the, the doubleheaders going back to nine innings each, two full games. I like the seven-inning doubleheader. I didn't feel it took up my entire day. How do you feel about the return of the nine-inning doubleheader? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think it was kind of more of a carryover from uh, that the pandemic-shortened 2020 season where they were just trying to cram in as many games as they possibly could in a very short span. So, I mean, it made sense in 2020. It probably also made sense last year a bit when you still saw quite a few COVID outbreaks with teams. So they were trying to, again, trying to 
finish that regular season schedule, but I think 2022 is going to much look a lot more like 2019. So um, I'm I'm cool with that as well. The other thing they're they're getting rid of is the uh, no more uh, ghost runner or sorry runner on second base and, and extra innings. I know they kind of got implemented that to kind of spark offense and get games over a little bit quicker, but um, they're taking that rule out. So again, it's going to go back to just a regular extra inning game. You could see it go 18, 19, 20 innings, which I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's really fun at uh-huh. the end of it, but I understand where baseball is going. Yeah. That. I never liked that second, that runner on second base rule. I, I just, <laughs> how are the statistics work on how he got there? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing too, is that uh, typically actually it was, Oftentimes the uh, the visiting team because would end up winning because they would just you know bunt the bunt the runner over mm-hmm. and score and then all of a sudden now the home team has to score two runs in extra innings which is actually it's a it seems a little more difficult so the, it was all I think I feel like it was almost split like fifty fifty with a slight edge to the away team I so, never even thought of that but you know what that's true you're probably yeah. right. Yeah, so it's a, it's I'm kind of glad to see that go because you don't really see that you don't see that innings one through nine. So why would you implement that in innings yeah. ten and beyond? The implementation of the draft lottery. So this, do I have this correct? Does that mean that basically the you know, the draft that they have every year is not only based on who is the worst team who gets to pick first? There's, there's a bit of randomness to it now. Yeah, correct. So it's mimicking kind of what we've seen in the NHL. Um, I believe in MLB now it's going to be the bottom six teams going to the lottery. And I think the team with the worst record only has about a 16.5% chance of getting the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. Whereas last year, if you were the worst team, you got the number one pick in the in the following year. So this is going to uh, discourage tanking. And I mean, you would never hear an owner say outright that they were trying to do that. But mm-hmm. I think on for some teams it's fairly obvious when they're trying to trade all their assets at the trade deadline that they are not they're looking to win down the road so this is going to discourage tanking and i think it'll just uh improve the overall quality of baseball because you know having multiple 100 lost teams is it's not really tons of fun for anybody now i'm not sure how i feel about this one the all-star game if ending in a tie will be decided by a home run derby yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of cool with that. It, ultimately, the All-Star Game is its an exhibition, right? It's right. fun. Um, it's for fans. It's no longer home, home field advantage does not play a part in it anymore. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be – it'll be interesting to see. Um, knowing this year, it'll probably not even get to that point. Um, but I think it would make it a little more exciting because – the home run derby, I would argue, um, you could stack that up against the NBA dunk contest and any other skills competition in any other pro sports league. I think the home run derby has finally figured it out, um, and they, they're, it's that's their jewel event. So, kind of shoehorning that into the All Star game, I think. I think it might actually, you know, bring some more eyeballs onto that game. Uh, it's going to be a little weird watching it the first time, but I think ultimately it's going to make it for a much more exciting event. You know, I think you sold me on it a little bit here, Ian. I've always loved the baseball home run derby. Uh, I just I wouldn't want this to be the way a regular season game is decided, though. As long as it sticks within the All Star game, I think maybe you convince me I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah, I think for sure. Once as soon as MLB got into this timed format where it was like an elimination bracket instead of just 
10 outs. Um, I think it makes for a much more exciting event, uh, lots, lots more action. So pulling that into the all-star game, if it goes to extra innings, I think, I think it'll make for a really interesting uh, TV watching experience. So another change we're going to see, and I, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we're going to see this until 2023, a slight increase in the size of the bases. Yeah, I think what their thoughts there is that's going to, hopefully, because you you look back like maybe five, six years, even 10 years, uh, the art, uh, stolen bases have basically evaporated mm-hmm. um, for Major League Baseball. You don't really see teams um, stealing that many bases these days because statistically it's just not advantageous for them. It's like giving up and out on the bases. So this will hopefully... Um, incentivize teams to start stealing more bases and we'll see a little more action. Um, you know, I don't think we're going to see a, a hundred Ricky Henderson's all of a sudden stealing mm-hmm. like a hundred plus bases a year, but I think any sort of action towards runs or stolen bases, I think that's just going to make things a little more exciting. There's going to be a little bit of an adjustment there. And um, also in 2023, MLB is banning the shift. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. So that doesn't come into effect this year. That's next year. Yeah, that's next year. So, I mean, you'll see often, like, with a left-handed hitter, if they're a big pole hitter, they'll throw all their all the fielders over to the right-hand side um, to to get the ball. And, I mean, it's it's it has to do a lot with analytics, right? Like, if a player has a tendency to hit the ball 70% to left field, they're going to put their fielders mm-hmm. in left field. It just makes a ton of sense. So, now they're just going to be stationed regularly. Um, again, I think there's going to be a... a a bit of a uh, a, a period there where it's going to be di- weird to watch everyone sitting at their stationary position again. But mm-hmm. I think the motivation there is to bring an uptick in offense, put the ball into play. Hopefully, it's going to translate to more hits and more action instead of more you know just fly ball outs or ground ball outs that would typically be hits. Now, with the shift, I assume that once the ball is in play, a runner or a fielder can go anywhere. Like a center fielder could go into left field to catch something, but once the ball is in play, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Now what you'll see is oftentimes you're watching a a Jays game, you'll see the position players look at their cards, and it's often positioning. So they'll look at a reference saying, okay, if Aaron Judge is at the plate, I have to move over here before the ball is in play, but... Yeah, once the ball's ball's been hit, the fielder can go wherever they want. So it's um, it's going to look more like a traditional um, baseball game. We've kind of seen shifting really kind of ramp up within mm-hmm. like the last five years or so. So it's kind of going to harken back to maybe more like a 90s, early 2000s baseball game. All right, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about how the Blue Jays are expected to do this year. Now, I haven't checked... The news in the last couple of months, uh, last couple of hours have had the Blue Jays signed Freddie Freeman yet? Do you think this is going to happen? <laughs> no, they have not. Although that <laughs> seems to be like the the huge rumor um, that's kind of been swirling around the last couple of days. And I mean, it makes a ton of sense, right? Like the the Blue Jays are very right-handed dominant. Uh, don't have a ton of left-handed power. Um, it's just the fact that, you know, the Blue Jays already have a first baseman in Vladimir Guerrero Jr., one of the best in the league. So yeah. signing, like, the second best first baseman might be a little redundant, but I think the Blue Jays could definitely make it work. Um, they could put Vladdy over at third base. They could move him to DH. Um, they, they would definitely make their lineup one of the best in the American League. 
Um, but I don't know if you if you check fan graphs, but at last look, the Blue Jays they have an eighty nine point two percent chance of making the playoffs. Right. Yeah. They yeah. Have, they have the second best odds to win the World Series, second only to the Dodgers. So. This is before any other additions. I'm sure they're going to add somebody, whether it's Freddie Freeman or Kyle Schwarber or um, Matt Chapman. You know, they're going to add somebody offensively. So I think that number is only going to go up. But yeah, this this Freddie Freeman thing is definitely a very interesting thing to watch, and I think we're going to get an answer pretty soon. It, like, like, like soon, like today, you think? It's that's that's been the thing. I like that's the thing with this. As soon as they signed the CBA, the action has been crazy. Yeah. We've seen tons of trades and tons of signings um, because teams really want to get their – they want to get these players into spring training camp as quickly as possible. Of so um, if you're Freddie Freeman, you want to know where you're playing for the next five, yeah. six years. So I'm sure we'll see something this week. Do, do, do you think – like where do you think Freeman's going to sign? Do, do, do you have any inkling at all? Like, the Jays are a serious contender. Do you think it's actually going to happen? Yeah, I, I think there's a strong possibility. I mean, I think it's either one of two things. It's I think it's either, you know, the agent is using the Blue Jays kind of as leverage to get more money from another team, which you really saw a lot in the last couple of years. Like, remember when the Blue Jays were linked to, like, virtually every free agent in yeah. the trade? Um, so it could be a case of that, or maybe this is real genuine interest. Um and I think if you're going to go for a free agent bat, other than going and signing someone like Carlos Correa, who, I mean, the Blue Jays already have a franchise shortstop in Bo Bichette, I think the next best guy to go out and get would be Freddie Freeman, right? Like the Blue Jays, their contention window is right now. And if you plug in a former MVP into that lineup, I think it makes their, that's their, that's probably one of the best lineups in baseball starting on opening day. So you can definitely see why the Blue Jays would be interested in Freddie Freeman. It's, it wouldn't be a traditional fit, but that that lineup would be deadly if you if you inserted yeah. Freddie Freeman in there. Thanks, Ian, for your time. Yeah, thank you, and happy almost baseball. Season. Yeah, woohoo! Yeah, it's 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 exciting. And I remember a couple of years ago, when or a few years ago, really, when the you know when Bo Bichette came up and Guerrero, and I was kind of looking at the timeline of uh, you know the Blue Jays' maturity and twenty twenty two twenty twenty three. I anticipated we're going to be the Blue Jays' years, and it just might be the Blue Jays' year, especially if they end up signing Freddie Freeman. This is Kitchener Today on City News 570. Okay, coming up in a couple of minutes, the debate of the century. You can call now if you want, 519-570-2545, 1-800-570-5715, or star 570. The internet is all a flutter over this question. What are there more of in the world? Doors or wheels? There is no definitive answer. It's all subjective, but it's a lot of fun. What are there more of in the world? Doors or wheels? We're going to do it next on City News 570. Welcome back to Kitchener Today on City News 570. Producer Polly in with you today. Now, you know, the last couple of shows that I've filled in for here on Kitchener Today have been kind of, you know, heavy in nature. Uh, you know, a lot of, you know, big news events happening in the world right now. Of course, the Russian-Ukraine thing. So I want to I wanna make it a point because I'm in, I'm in this week, today, Thursday, and Friday. I want to make a point each day at 1.30 to kind of lighten things up 
a little bit. And of course, if something crazy happens, we can always change to that. But uh, I want to keep things light for the rest of the week here at 1.30. And so I, I'm, <laughs> I'm watching television this morning. And, and uh, they're talking about the latest internet debate. And Brittany's joining me, by the way. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I'm sorry, I was on the phone. You're on the phone. Why well, am on the radio? <laughs> I was on the phone with another guest host that we're having tomorrow. Uh, uh, but I'm the guest host right now. Holy, oh. I'm sorry. Anyway, so I'm watching television this morning, and they're talking about the latest debate on the internet that everybody mm-hmm. is talking about. Because remember a few years ago, we had this sound clip. I don't even know where the sound clip came from, mm-hmm. but it's what do you hear? Do you hear Yanny or do you hear Laurel? Mm-hmm. And some people heard the guy say one thing and some heard the other. And then we had this big debate with the dress. Is the dress blue or is it... Is it gold? Gold. I definitely saw the white and gold on that one. It changed for me. It was <laughs> weird. I first saw it as gold. Then all of a sudden, the next time I looked at it, it was blue. Mm-hmm. So this is the latest thing. On March 5th, Twitter user Ryan Nixon posed the question online in the form of a poll. Quote, my mates and I are having the stupidest debate, and I'm here for it. Do you think there are more doors or wheels in the world? His poll generated more than 223,000 votes, a whopping number. 53.6% said wheels, while the other 46.4% voted Doors. Now, there's no actual answer. There's no way that we could ever possibly know the answer. But it's a little fun debate. So if you want to give us a call, there's no guest on this. It's just you and I for the next half hour. 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570. Hands free. All right. The gloves are coming off, mm-hmm. Brittany. Doors or wheels. I'm sorry, Polly, but there are more doors in the world. There's more doors There's in more the world. There's more doors. I'm team wheel. I'm sorry. I am. I, I, I mean, how? Because there's more wheels. I mean, like every car <laughs> that's has it. four wheels. That's, that's the argument. Uh, yeah, there's that's just right. more. Every car has four wheels. Uh-huh. There's, there's wheels like it, it, it indoors. And, okay. And, like, of course, it's, it's... I see your point. I see it. But think about all the doors, okay? You got... You got Car doors, all right? You got cabinet doors. You got the oven door. You got the right. fridge door. You got the microwave door. But the, but the, even your f- microwave might have wheels on it. What do you mean your microwave you might have, have wheels on it? fridges have wheels because you got to move them around. <laughs> and, and what Listen, about- I'm just saying, look out at, like at lockers. Think of lockers at like every school in the world. Uh, and there's locker doors. <laughs> Yeah, but how do you think d- of the doors in your house? How many wheels are in your house right now? How many wheels? Well, yeah. Am I counting like hot wheel little small cars? That's the other thing, right? Are, are, because the, 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 the biggest manufacturer of wheels in the world is actually Lego, I believe. The Lego Corporation. These little what? toy cars. So the phone lines are lighting up as expected. So what are there more? I'm telling the- you, families are going to be divided I know, on this crazy. topic. And so what we are, are going there- to be the leading cause of divorce in the Waterloo region. What are there more of, doors or wheels? Brian, go ahead. 
I got to go with Brittany on this one. I think it's way, way, way more doors. Thank you, Brian. I mean, I mean, you look at just look at vehicles alone. Okay, I'm looking at my car right now. There's four wheels on it, yes, but there's four doors and a back door if you count the hood. Yeah, but see, that's does that count as a door? That's part look, of the debate. What is a door? Even if it doesn't, Polly, even if it doesn't, it's got four wheels, but it's also got four doors. But so. some cars only have two doors, the sports cars. So the wheels outnumber the doors there. Actually, there's actually there's yeah, but I guess again, you look at a house. Look at all the buildings in the world. Look at the buildings in a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many mm-hmm. doors inside a building versus mm-hmm. how many how many wheels? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Brian, for that yep. point. Because I said to Polly earlier, think about like a thirty-story apartment building, right? All the doors, yeah. all the rooms in those apartments, all the doors you got to get doors. through to get to those rooms. All the yes, cabinets, cabinets with doors. doors. All right. Okay. So that's that's one vote for team door. I'm on team wheel. What are there more of in the world? Doors. Or wheels, 519-570-2545, out of town, 1-800-570-5715, and star five. Are you keeping score, Brittany? I just saw you walked over to grab a pen. So, okay. So we've had one vote for doors. Doug. Oh, Polly, I'm with you. (laughs) There's more wheels, because 18 wheelers. Well, 18 wheelers, not only that, I mean, take a look at, at, at a family, sure, they've got a house, mm-hmm. but um, how many bikes do they have? If it's a new family, they right. have... Right, uh, there's no doors on a bike. carriages and carts for, uh, for groceries, and... Uh, yes! Let's not forget the things like a sewing machine. There's wheels inside a sewing machine, you know? I mean, I just wheels Yeah! <laughs> Doug, you are making some solid... I never thought of shopping carts. Oh, there's wheels everywhere. As I said, bicycles and, and carts and, and and whatnot. And it, it's uh, it, to me, it's it, there's 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 more and more doors being built by the by the looks of things around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, I, I I'm stopping with more wheels. Thanks, thanks a lot. Doug. There you go. We're tied at one, right? Doug brought some solid points there. I never thought of because you think of things like oh, cars. Okay, but the cars both have both wheels and doors. Shopping. If you look at the shopping carts. They all have wheels. There's not one shopping cart in the world that has a door. I'm sorry. There's not. It's not. I'm, maybe there's one somewhere. Yeah, well, some... what about, like, would you count the, you know, the the shopping carts where the part lifts up and you can go See? inside? Does that count as a door? There's, no, that's not a door. There's some parameters no, that we no, got to no, no, figure no. out here. That's not a door. That is simply a mechanism so that the carts can more <laughs> compactly fit together. But it's not, it's not as, a, like, you don't put your groceries in through the through that thing. You don't walk in through yeah, that thing. Ki- some kids, they climb into the cart yeah, through that way. Not, that's not a door. That the no, shopping carts do not have doors. I'm sorry. Okay, I think we have two votes on this on this phone line. I have Vivian and Evan on the line. Go ahead. What do you think? Hi. Good morning. Uh, sorry. Good afternoon. Uh, wheels. I vote for wheels. I vote for wheels too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. No, there are conveyor belts. Think of all the factories in the world. Oh yeah. And the wheel is a gear, right? Just think of all the gears that have the gear. Mm. Mm. You okay, know what? I would I would be inclined to say that a gear is not a wheel. I mean, I I can see the argument, but you can't. Yeah. It it, it won't roll on the ground, right? Because of the teeth. But, okay, I'll yeah. see that. But all right. I would say factories. And Evan, do you have anything to say? There's like the like the mail uh, factory area thing. 
conveyor belt? No, but they have like a million, like thousands of wheels on. The them. rollers, the rollers on, yeah? Yeah, the rollers. Yep. Those might be wheels. Yep. All right, cool. That's two votes for wheels then. Thanks, uh, Vivian and Evan. So we're talking about the thing that the internet is talking about right now. <laughs> what are there more? It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. What are there more of in the world? Doors or wheels? And you can call in, like, what is a door? What is a wheel? Right? It, it's part of, it, it's part you, of the definition. I'm telling you, we got to put some better per- parameters on it here. Because and, and people are going to come around and say, this is a wheel. This is a wheel. This is a door. And it's not going to count. There needs to be some kind of parameter. 519-570-2545, out of town, 1-800-570-5715, star 570, hands free. Mike, doors or wheels, what team are you on? Uh, I'm on team wheel, but in reality, it should be morons. Just look out your window most days. <laughs> what? I'm just team wheel, but I'm just saying, but most days, it should be morons. Just look out your window. I'm not sure what that meant. You know, Brittany? I think I had a, a, an inkling, but I'm not. Okay, well, let's move on. <laughs> you, you know what? If you don't want to count that vote, you don't have to count the vote, Brittany. And no, he, would... still guessed, he still guessed okay, wheels. Okay, he guessed wheels. Okay, it's up to you. If this comes down to one vote at the end, you're going to regret not taking that vote maybe, off the page. Maybe. Doug, go ahead. Doors or wheels, what team are you on? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking wheels. As soon as I heard you ask the question, I was thinking... Uh, Boys, summon the traffic jams. I've been there. I think there's an awful lot of wheels <laughs> in the world, so that's my vote. There's a lot of wheels in a traffic jam. Doug is absolutely right. Kyle, what team are you on, door or wheel? I'm going to say 51% for wheels and 49% for no, 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 Kyle, no, 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 it's no. doors or wheels. Doors okay, or wheels. come on. Well, come on, you got to pick a side. I know you're trying to please both Brittany and I because you love us both <laughs> equally, but you got to pick a side. All right, fine. I'll go with wheels, but don't hate me either one. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you know, that's really funny, Kyle, because I think on my Instagram poll, you, right. you, you <laughs> voted doors. Did he? Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> right, he was I part of the 10%. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. I'm not um, even counting his. You can on Instagram. Can you see who voted for what? I can. Thing? Yeah. Oh, you the, can as yeah. the owner of the poll. Mm-hmm. Got it. I didn't know. I'm not on Instagram. I don't understand the Instagrams. <laughs> Just tweet a picture. As far as I'm concerned, uh, is is this Zovi? Yeah, that's me. Okay. Driving, but uh, I can speak slowly. My vote is for the doors. Thank the doors. you. There's I'll more. Tell you the reason. Okay. Yeah. You guys are talking about for the whole world. You have right. To see the third world war countries where there is nobody has cars or wheelers. Uh oh, that's a solid point. That so is a solid point. Other countries. We shouldn't think North America only the place as a world. Hmm. So if you see that then obviously doors out beat the wheels. That is a solid point, right? Some third world countries don't have an awful lot of cars and therefore not an awful lot of wheels, mm-hmm. but there's houses. Mm-hmm. Solid point. Mark that down for doors. What are there more of in the world, doors or wheels? That's what we're talking about, and the phone lines are going crazy. Aaron, go ahead. I'm sorry, Polly, but... Uh-oh. I'm going to go team doors because 
I don't know where you're sitting, but I'd like you to just in your head count how many doors you see and then count how many wheels you see, and you'll understand there's more doors than wheels, my friend. Is there a wheel on the bottom of these mouse? They don't do those. They're all optical <laughs> mouses now, so there's no wheels even in the studio. Uh, yeah, I, I, anecdotally, yeah, I, I'm in, I can see only two doors right now, but there's a... There's a million in the state. And, of course, Brittany, do you, do you count locker doors? Yeah. Well, Is yeah, that a door? A door. I on. guess it would be. can't really walk through it, but it's still a door, I guess. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron, for the call. Yeah, so we're talking about what are there more of in the world, doors or wheels? What is the tally right now, Brittany? The tally is uh, six, four for wheels. And then how many for doors? No, six for wheels. Four for doors. Right. I'm on team wheel. Mm-hmm. Brittany is on team door. Mm-hmm. Brad, go ahead. I'm on team wheels because nobody's mentioned tractor trailers. Some of the trailers have up to 20 wheels on them. Yeah, oh, good point. Yeah, that's right. Or the 18 wheelers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They got like 18 wheels and only two doors. Well, no, because think about the doors at the back that close oh, yeah. the trailer. Of course, you got to get the stuff in and out of the trailer. Yeah. I never yeah. even thought of that. Yeah, think about that there, Paul. Yeah, but it still doesn't have 18 doors. <laughs> That'd be a lot of doors on a tractor trailer. Thanks, Brad. Thank you. 519-570-2545 out of town. 1-800-570-5715 and star 578. Twitter user Ryan Nixon posed the question last week. What are there more of in the world, doors or wheels? There's no definitive answer. It's Come on. all subjective. Come on, team doors, help me out here. <laughs> 519-570-2545, out of town, 1-800-570-5715, and star 570. You know what? I have an audio. I forgot. Uh, uh, Jordan, do you have that audio clip that I sent you earlier in the in the full? I totally oh, forgot gosh. about this. Jordan? Do you no, have that audio clip? Oh, he's on the phone. We'll play it in a moment. We were arguing about this uh, uh, in Share Space earlier. I totally forgot that I was going to ask him to play it. Let's go to Mark. Mark, go ahead. Hey, Polly. I'm on Team Brick all the way. Woo! There, there, are, there are a gazillion doors. Everywhere you turn, there's a door. Mm-hmm. You can't go anywhere without having a door. My house has multiple doors. I've only got four tires. And not only that, Polly, mm-hmm. I've got eight vinyl albums by the doors, so there's another eight. <laughs> ah, okay, that doesn't count. The, the, the albums by the doors don't count, but that's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to Sean. Sean, go ahead. Doors or wheels, what team are you on? Uh, I'm not just saying this because Brittany and I are on the technically the same team. I'm a St. James graduate, but I am going doors. Woo! Doors? Because if we've talked about the car argument already, but think about it. I know a bunch of people have said this, four wheels, four doors. Yeah, but mm-hmm. sometimes there's four wheels and five doors, and sometimes there's four wheels and two doors. Call that a wash, okay? So take the vehicles off the road with the exception of 18-wheelers, okay? <laughs> okay. So take, take the vehicles off in your math, because I'm saying you, you pretty much break even mm-hmm. on the wheels versus doors, so factor out the vehicles and everything else. So in the last 10 minutes listening to this, I drove by two schools, I drove by a hotel and a bunch of manufacturing buildings. So if I'm taking the vehicles out of it, there are hundreds, maybe thousands of doors that I just drove by and wheels on vehicles, really. And I understand there are more wheels. 
like you said, Polly, on the fridge, maybe mm-hmm. the Hot Wheels. I just don't think there's enough to balance out the excessive numbers of doors in the world. Brittany, think about our high school. Hundreds of doors in that, in that place. Yeah. Right? Pretty scary. <laughs> Wait, did you go to high school with Sean? Do you know him? No, we just went to the same uh, high school. But not at the same time? Uh, I don't think so. Hmm. That's a solid point. Anyways, thank you, Sean. Maybe I'm starting to move over. part of Team Doors. Maybe. <laughs> oh, I don't know. The, is the he argument. Being I'm just saying the argument where if you look, if you take vehicles out of the equation because the doors and windows on average will cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. That's a solid point. Daniel, go ahead. All right, Paulie, I'm with you. It's definitely wheels. All right, what's your reasoning? I have a question for Brittany. She says, "Look, you got to remember all the doors that you open up in your kitchen and everything else." Mm-hmm. Well, how many how many drawers do you have in your house? And every drawer has at least. Four but the wheels. drawers have wheels, so you can put them in and out. <laughs> exactly. Each drawer has at least four wheels, exactly. probably six or eight. Actually, yes. Eight. There's probably four on top and four yeah, on the bottom. Yeah, but how many drawers do you have in your house? I got way more like doors. More wheels on my drawers than I do. <laughs> and, the, uh, but uh, is a drawer doors. even a door? Exactly. We right? Just, I don't a think drawer, it is. A drawer is not a door. A drawer, okay, we can agree on that. A drawer is not a door. <laughs> yeah. Therefore, every door, Come on. a drawer, I'm not going to is go a wheel. That much on a stretch here. All right, let's. Uh, Let's take one more, then we got to go to a break. We've still got a few calls on the line. Doors or wheels? Kevin, go ahead. Hello, Kevin. Hello. What? <laughs> Definitely, I'm going with the wheels. The wheels. Definitely. What's your reasoning? Uh, just think of the billions and billions amount of kids' toys. Yes. As wheels. I, okay, we got to put parameters on this. It's here. a wheel. We got the. This, and the doors on those little cars don't always then, open. Sometimes they're just painted on. But the, exactly that. And plus, what is it? Um, all the machinery in the world that has wheels on it, no doors. Yeah. There's like billions of machinery out there. And like you said, the tracks and everything on houses and doors as well, right? So, Yeah, good point. I, you know, subway trains and stuff. I mean, subway trains have doors, but I bet you there's mm-hmm. a lot more wheels down there than there are doors up top. <laughs> Doors or wheels? <laughs> this is Kitchener Today on City News 570. It's the hottest slash dumbest debate you've ever heard of in the world. <laughs> and yet here we are going on taking on the part internet. in it. Doors or wheels? What Doors. are there more of in the world? It's wheels. Doors. Charlie, go ahead. Well, Paulie, you know I'm on your side. <laughs> oh, and there's, this will end the debate. Okay. You're the big wheel at that radio station. Enough said. So, to Brittany, don't let the door hit you on your way out. Whoa! Charlie, (laughs) fighting words. Thanks, Charlie. Also, way to tug at Polly's heartstrings that way. (laughs) You're just jealous because he didn't. Just trying to butter up the ref here. You're just jealous because he didn't vote your way. (laughs) (laughs) Gary, go ahead. Doors or wheels? Your last caller stole my thunder. (laughs) Okay. I, I was going to say to you, I'll answer it this way. You're a pretty important guy there. I listen to you every day. I know you're a big shot, but has anybody ever said, oh, there goes Polly. He's a big door. Good point. No, you're a big wheel. Yeah. That's the answer. There Th- you go. Thanks, thanks Gary. <laughs> All right, we got time for another couple of calls. And I think, because the phone lines are still going crazy, I might bring this back at 2.15. So if you want to weigh in on this, 
I think we'll bring it back at 2.15 after our, our next segment. So uh, just stay there. I'm going to take a couple of more calls here. Vivian, team door or team wheels? Uh, I was on earlier, but anyways, steering wheels. Right. I got an email that said, don't forget about steering okay. wheels and oh, flywheels. And I just passed the Home Depot, and outside they have about 25 um, construction vehicles for rent. No doors, all wheels. Yeah, but how, how do you get in the vehicle, though, Vivian? No, 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 no. Like, I mean, there's not like a door that opens and closes. There's just like a front-end loader or whatever. It's oh. Motorcycles. There you go. Yeah, there's there's no doors on a motorcycle. Don't write down her vote, Brittany, because she already voted. Right? Mm-hmm. She she admitted she called earlier. That's not fair. I'm a fair guy, even if I think I'm going to win. Randy, wow. go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Hello, is this me? Yeah, doors or wheels? Well, I have to just, I was waiting the last five minutes or so. I mean, you have drawers in your kitchen, they slide in and out on yeah. wheels. Um, but I was just thinking I might go with doors because, oh, I will go with doors because uh, how many lockers are there in a high school? That's mm-hmm. that's Brittany's big argument. That that's her yeah. big point. Look at all the lockers in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a door. <laughs> yeah, it is. Thanks, Randy. Okay, Brittany, what's the final tally here? What do we got? Well, as of one uh, fifty-seven, it is eleven for wheels. And seven for doors. I just can't believe 11 people are wrong. So wheels win. Wow. All right. As I said, I think we may bring this back at 2.15. So if you want to weigh in, uh, Rudy, I see you on the line. We can't get to you now, but feel free to call back at 2.15. I think I might try and uh, bring this back because this this is a lot of fun. Doors or wheels. This is Kitchener Today on City News 570. Doors and Wheels conversation will continue in just a few moments. That was a lot of fun in the last half hour. But uh, right now we're going to move to speed limits. Now, the city of Kitchener last October endorsed a plan that will reduce the speed limit in residential neighborhoods from 50 kilometers an hour to 40 kilometers an hour over the next two to three years. Signs will be placed at the entrances and exits of the identified neighborhoods to make streets safer. And I think these signs are starting to pop up through the city of Kitchener. I saw Ward 4 Councillor Christine Machode post something on Facebook uh, yesterday, I think it was. So, Christine, are these signs now uh, up in some of these uh, neighborhoods? Yes, they are up in neighborhoods now, um, just in the entrances of neighborhoods, as you uh, as you said. Now, as as a counselor, uh, I'm guessing that speeding in neighborhoods is is near the top of the concerns you hear from residents. I'd say it's the top. Uh, I think of all all counselors, um, you know, get this on a regular basis, and and I, I think seasonally wise, you know, the spring and summer you probably get more because they're they tend to go faster when the roads are clear. Um, but yeah, it's a concern, and the concern is real. I mean, there there's some really bad drivers out there, and some very uh, fast drivers. So I'm 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 happy to see the speed limit be reduced. 
Now, this this follows a, I believe there was a two-year pilot program in three different Kitchener neighborhoods where mm-hmm. uh, the, the speed limit was reduced to 40. What were the results of that experiment? The results of that experiment, well, um, so it was, it was, I'm sorry, I'm just, uh, yeah, I heard it, sorry. Um, so there was, I think it decreased, it decreased over about three kilometers an hour, uh, three kilometers uh uh, you know, that was what the, the staff uh, found the results to be, mm-hmm. a decrease. So 40 kilometers speed limits and results were 7% speed decrease with three kilometers in the pilot neighborhood, which I think was significant, significant enough to warrant a, a 40 kilometer speed limit. Now, is, is this the entire city, like every neighborhood or just some residential neighborhoods? It will eventually be in every neighborhood in Kitchener. Okay, but all right, cool. But, but for now, it's just in a, a, a few ones well, to start, right? Yeah, it's being phased in over two to three years. Right. Um, and, and so the, these signs are only at the entrance of the neighborhoods, not on every street? Well, yeah, for now they are. I think that, that, you know, it's costly enough. I think it's almost half a million dollars for this project to be done. And so um, there isn't there isn't uh, uh, speed limit signs on every street anyway. There's uh-huh. usually It's usually at the entrance. You don't, not every side street has a speed limit. People just generally know that the, the speed limit is or was 50 and now it's 40. So now to put it at the entrance of every, uh, you know, uh, neighborhood and street, it will hopefully uh, change the pattern of drivers and to slow them down. Are there any other measures being looked at uh, to slow some of the, the speeding cars? Obviously, they're putting a sign up, but I know there's things like speed humps and things. Are, are any other measures being looked at? Well, every year, um, our traffic department works with councils, and uh, in each ward, there's uh, traffic calming measures put in place, and there's flexipole delineators in the middle of roads. Uh, yeah, there's speed humps, and there's uh, uh, narrowing the narrowing the roads uh, for people to slow down. So yeah, there are, and and this is just a piece of the of the whole you know overall strategy to get people slowed down. Yeah, that's it's not going to solve it. This won't solve it overnight, but it's, it's right. a start. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, part of the. I believe it's the Vision Zero strategy. Uh, what is that about? It just aims to reduce the harm of potential collisions to make our roads safer. Um, you know, and through evaluations with uh, with the staff have done in enforcement and community engagement, and everyone working together, I think that this. Uh, you know, we will see safer streets, but it's it, it takes it takes everyone. Like it takes the the planning staff, it takes transportation team, it takes citizens and road designers to all work together to create safer streets. Christine, thank you very much for your time this afternoon. You're welcome. Glad to be. Thank you. Christine uh, Machaud, Ward 4 counselor, uh, put up a post on Facebook the other day that, that some neighborhoods are now starting to see the signs pop up after being approved in October, I think it was, uh, the speed limit in some residential neighborhoods in Kitchener has been reduced to 40 kilometers an hour, and eventually it will be rolled out to every neighborhood in the next two to three years. Uh, if you have a comment on speed limits in neighborhoods, I'd love to hear them too. 519-570-2545, out of town, 1-800-570-5715, and star 570, hands-free. John, go ahead. This sounds like a lot of money being spent again for no reason. I know this opinion is not going to be popular, and I don't say we don't need to slow people down in neighborhoods, but and I far well would agree with this because I've had this conversation with him previously. Mm-hmm. If you don't have enforcement, you can put as many signs as you want, spend thousands and tens of thousands of dollars, but it's enforcement that would stop this, not spending all this money on signs. Just 
we all know that if it's not posted, it's 50. So now just make sure doing an education awareness that if it's not posted, it's 40. Why put up all these signs and spend all this money? And it's funny that you're talking about wheels and doors. <laughs> this, again, sounds like the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Like, this is probably, a, you know, people complaining that get all these signs up with these counselors because, you know, the people in those neighborhoods that like to complain are pretty strong voices. And this doesn't make any sense to put up signs and spend spend the money. Where's the data? Is this really a problem? I know that I see car speed, but where's the data that says this many kids got hit or this many pedestrians got mm-hmm. hit in neighborhoods when people went, drove too fast? They, she didn't talk about any of that. Yeah. So where, where's the data? Yeah. The fact that we don't, we don't put data behind stuff. We just put uh, the neighbor who yells the loudest gets the, gets the voice of the counselors, right? Uh, thanks, John, for the call. Yeah, the... Um, it, I guess the the enforcement argument is an interesting one, right? Because, I mean, we all know that the speed limit on the 401 is 100. Who has ever done 100 on the 401? I mean, the, the average speed, I think, on the 401 is uh, like probably 120 at least. <laughs> no one goes 100. Uh, Rob, go ahead. What's your comment? Hey, Paulie. Uh, first of all, you're doing a bang-up job once again. Thanks. Um, so I've had this idea kicking around my head for a couple of years now. Um, putting a 40 sign in a, in a neighborhood, it's really, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, like a, a slap on the hand type of thing. Please don't drive this fast. People mm-hmm. are still going to drive 50. They're still going to drive 60. So I, I live in, um, in Waterloo around the Spurline Trail. It's a nice neighborhood, lots of family, lots of kids, lots of people walking around. Yeah, people speeding. There's a four-way stop right in front of my house, and people just blow through that all the time. So the idea that I have in my head is why don't we put a small speed bump at every single stop sign in these residential neighborhoods? Would that not slow vehicles down? It might, but then people will see, because there's a few streets in my neighborhood that have speed humps, and people just, they might slow down at the speed hump, but then they speed up until the next speed hump, and then they slow. So they speed in between the speed humps. Yeah, I (laughs) I see what you're saying. That's a sure waste of gas, though. Yeah, Yeah, I hear you. And sometimes even uh, I see people, they don't even slow down at the speed humps. Like they might slow down a little bit, but there's still people going over speed humps at at, at 60 kilometers an hour. <laughs> it's I don't know what the solution is, but um, yeah, the, the speed limit in some Kitchener neighborhoods, uh, you're going to see signs going up if you haven't already seen them go up, uh, being reduced to 40 kilometers an hour. The speed limit on the major roads is still going to remain 50 kilometers an hour. Uh, Rudy, go ahead. Yeah, I agree with the gentleman saying signs don't do a lot. Um, I live in Hessler, and just around the corner from me, there's a school, and now they put up, a little while ago in the summer, they put up a radar post. Mm-hmm. Now, the other day, they put the camera on, and they put on the flash uh, camera. So, activated, I believe, on Monday. That slows people down. Yeah. Especially the other day, I put it on Facebook, and every the reaction was enormous. And, um, hey, you get a ticket or two, you'll slow down. And I've been slowing down to the 40 as soon as that post went up, just in case. So I, I think that's a good measure. The problem with the speed bumps is they slow down ambulances and fire and fire trucks. Oh, you yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Yeah, good point, Rudy. Yeah, I I, I drive up to Alora sometimes, and I'll, I'll drive up through um, uh, Winterburn, you know, Catherine Street. And there is actually, I think it might be in Winterburn. They've recently put up uh, 
a speed enforcement camera right in front of the school. And I used to, not that I would speed through there, you know, like, you know, zoom through there or anything, like I'm a, a, a race car or anything, but when I, I definitely am driving slower through that school zone because they have one of those photo radar cameras there now. Uh, <laughs> don't want to get a ticket. So the cameras have slowed me down for sure when I've seen them. Paul, go ahead. Well, I, I actually think better urban planning by our region uh, would help. You know, I'd like to see more through fairs or more like larger arteries where there's no homes and nothing. You can just go straight through from section to section. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, where the homes are, then that's where, because, you know, there's a lot of places where you, you're you're not going to a home there. It's just you're passing through to get to another part of the city, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you know, everybody's in a hurry. Everyone's pressed for time, blah, blah, blah. So people do tend to, you know, but then when you get to a specific area or boulevard, right, you know, then you're going to that particular house. So I think, you know, that would help a lot and make things a lot safer for people because, you know, in these new subdivisions, for example, if the only traffic in the subdivision is people that want to be there, mm-hmm. right, then you're going to have less traffic in the subdivision or less traffic in that urban area where the people are there. And then, like, more boulevards, more thoroughfares where it's just, you know, straight through traffic. Right. All right. Thanks for the call, Paul. Uh, Mark, go ahead. Well, hi, Polly. Uh, are you familiar with uh, Greenbrook? Uh, I, I know the name. Where is you it? You come off of Sterling, you turn right onto Greenbrook. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, they've got multiple speed bumps. Uh, I'm going to say there's about eight of them, Polly, mm-hmm. all the way up Greenbrook, going to the plaza there where Giant Tiger is. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like I said, there's at least eight all the way up the road. And I drive there because I go to the pharmacy there. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I just take my time between them. But the odd time, Polly, I'll get a car behind me that's riding my rear end. Yeah. And I'm not going to speed up. If if he wants to pass me, you know, you're more important than I am. But, (laughs) no, I'll just keep my slow speed. Yeah, thanks for the call, Mark. Yeah, speed humps, I think, do help. But for some people, they, they, they drive like they're not even there. Uh, if you have a comment on this, you uh, can give us a call, 519-570-2545, out of town, 1-800-570-5715, and star 570, hands-free. I, I also would like to bring back this, this, this wheels versus doors debate. So if you, want, if you want to comment on that as well, what, this silly little question, which is blowing up the internet right now, what are there more of in the world, wheels or doors? There's compelling arguments on both sides, as we just heard, between 1.30 and 2. So you can weigh in about that or the speed limits. We're going to take a break. This is Kitchener Today on City News 570. There was, I think it decreased, it decreased over about three kilometers an hour. Uh, three kilometers, uh, uh, you know, that was what the, the staff uh, found the results to be, mm-hmm. a decrease. So 40 kilometers speed limits, the results were 7%. Decrease with three kilometers in the pilot neighborhood, which I think was significant enough to warrant a 40 kilometer speed limit. City of Kitchener Councillor Ward 4 Councillor uh, Christine Machode, they're uh, describing a pilot project that was done in a couple of Kitchener neighborhoods a few years ago that saw the speed limits in those neighborhoods reduced from 50 kilometers an hour to 40 kilometers an hour, and now that pilot project is starting to make its way 
throughout the entire city. The city endorsed the plan uh, last October, but those signs are now starting to go up in Kitchener. Some residential neighborhoods are now seeing speed limits of 40 kilometers an hour, and that will eventually be rolled out to all residential neighborhoods in Kitchener. So we're talking about that. We're also talking about the, you know, doors versus wheels debate. And my understanding, Jerry, you have an opinion on both. Let's start with speed limits. You're talking to me? Yeah. Oh, sorry about that, boy. Yeah, the speed limits, as far as I'm concerned, if I had my way, if I was a, a concert, I would just reduce the speed limit was inside the city limits to 40 kilometers, period. And Everywhere, that, yeah. And that, that would solve the, the, the problems about where is it 50, where is it 40. Like mm-hmm. I've seen this past summer uh, out in Trussell, uh, Trillium Drive area, the speed limit on one street was 40 kilometers in one area, and then they went down to 30. I think if, you know, you just made it uh, a common practice, make it uh, like a common practice statement, all speed limit in the city inside the city is down to 40 kilometers, and that would solve a lot of headaches there. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and of course, you have some major through fares in town, like Victoria Street, for instance, that do have a lot of residential houses on them. So, I mean, technically that's not a residential neighborhood, but I guess that would still be 50. But uh, uh, it's an interesting point. Just make it the same across the board. Terry, go ahead. You have a comment on the wheels versus doors debate. Hey, Paulie, how are you doing? Listen, uh, it is iffy. I, I, it, like you said, there's no way to determine. Now, in cars, there there are four wheels. You also have your spare tire. That's a wheel. Mm-hmm. But, but you also have Oh, your yeah, the car. spare tire. Well, I have one, one of my cars don't have a spare tire, but it, cause it's too small to have one. But listen, yeah. you also have the glove compartment box. That's a door. Mm-hmm. You also, a lot of cars have the console in the middle. So that's uh, that's stories. But uh, um, if I was to count, uh, I bet you in my house, if I was to count wheels to doors, the wheels would probably beat the doors by three to one. Well, because a lot of toy cars or... or... I got, yes, I, I'm a collector of little die casts. So, uh, and I also have like, I have two cars. I have a, a bike which has two wheels, but no doors, right? <laughs> and right. Bike. And, uh, and, and one more, Paulie, you, you said your refrigerator has wheels? I was what, sorry? Your refrigerator has wheels? Uh, I think most refrigerators have wheels, at least to kind of help put them in place, because it's, it's hard to drag them in place sometimes. Uh, they're not very functional wheels, but they're wheels. There's four wheels and two doors usually. But, you know, your fridge, Paul, your Herculean strength, you could probably just lift it with them. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> right. So, Terry, I'm con- are you on team wheel or team door? I'm confused. I, I'm on, I, like, yeah, I'm on team wheels, just because of what I've been able to count in my house. Not that I have counted, but right. if I was to take a guess, I'd say... Wheels uh, outnumbered doors by at least three to one. All right. Thanks a lot, Terry. Another another vote for Team Wheel. Although, I don't know if the the center console, you know, a little storage thing in your car, is that a door? I mean, technically it is, but I also think of a door of, if, I don't see that. This is so confusing, right? Because you get, especially, like, wheels are pretty straightforward, aren't they? N- no one debates what is a wheel and what is not a wheel, but... What is a door and what's not a door? Is the trunk of your car a door? I, it's th- that could dramatically change the numbers. <laughs> Tim, go ahead. Yeah, Polly, I think it's uh, definitely wheels. And uh, here's my reasoning on mm-hmm. this: uh, you look at material handling systems in warehouses uh, that have roller conveyors. All those little wheels and about a 
20 foot section of, of conveyor is about 400 wheels. Mm-hmm. They're rolling the Yeah, off. conveyor belts and factories, yeah. Factories and warehouses, and, and you go to the airport and you, you put your baggage through the security thing. There's little wheels, all those rollers. There's billions and billions and billions and billions of wheels on conveyor systems, material handling systems worldwide. That's a, good, that's a good point. Thanks, Tim. The wheels versus doors debate. All right. I, I think we got time for one more call here. No, we don't. We don't have time for it. Oh, you know what? This is probably, this might be our 2.30 guest. <laughs> All right. Actually, speaking of 2.30, coming up at 2.30, um, Alex LaDuke will be here. He is the CEO of Perch, and it's our Tuesday Tech Spotlight feature. And uh, Perch is a tech company that helps you build wealth through real estate. And so we'll find out about that as Kitchener Today continues on City News 570. Tuesdays at 2.30 is the Tuesday Tech Spotlight feature where we uh, highlight a company doing great things in our community. And uh, this week we're talking about Perch. And it is a company, a tech company that helps you build wealth through real estate. And Alex LaDuke is the CEO of Perch and joined us now. Alex, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, not too bad. Thanks for joining us. Uh, what is Perch? Uh, so Perch, we're a startup on the fintech property technology side. We're based out of Toronto. And uh, I mean, like you said, it, it's uh, we help Canadians build wealth through real estate, which typically is in one of two ways. One, helping first-time home buyers get into their first home. And two, helping homeowners really get the most out of their home equity uh, over time um, by giving them targeted suggestions. So what sparked this idea, Alex? Uh, so actually, my background was on the financial institution side. And I, I still remember thinking at the time just how uh, disconnected kind of uh, a lot of the parties were. So, the, you know, the realtor, the lawyer, the appraiser, the lender, the client, there's so many people involved in any real estate transaction. Um, so Perch was really our mission is to be that ecosystem where we can help the client get the best decision made from start to finish by working with people. And uh, it's evolved a tremendous amount since we started. Uh, but, but really, that was the initial thing that sparked it and kind of still keeps that vision going is that how do we connect the right people with the client to help them make better decisions? And so what problems does Perch solve then? Um, so the first big one is so up from, uh, let's say, so let's start with somebody who needs to buy their first home. So mm-hmm. housing affordability is really, as, as I'm sure, as you'd agree, yeah, definitely. is one of the biggest problems we've got here, right? <laughs> um, so on our end, we help tackle that problem because we have uh, optimization software algorithms that help basically parameterize someone's specific situation to help fast track how quickly they can get into their first home. Um, so a lot of the times I compare people looking to buy their first home, like someone walking into their wealth advisor at 63 saying, I'd like to retire soon. Uh, well, it's like, you know, you don't have that many years left to save. Um, so buying a home, especially today, considering where prices are, it can take a bit of planning. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the key areas where we're helping solve that problem is helping people be more aware of one, all the options they have at their disposal. Most people have way more housing affordability than they actually ever thought. I know it's, uh, 
seems counterintuitive, but you'd be, you'd be surprised. <laughs> We've come across a lot of use cases where people had two, three, four hundred thousand dollars extra that they didn't even think that they could get, uh, go for. Um, and then the major problem after that is helping plan or helping build wealth as a homeowner. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Canada specifically, there's a huge chunk of people's net worth that's tied into real estate. And the issue with that is, you know, somebody gets their mortgage, their life goal is paying it off to zero as quickly as humanly possible. But then they go into retirement, their only assets, their house. And unfortunately, it's not very liquid. So then you need reverse mortgages, private mortgages, other expensive forms of financing to really get through retirement comfortably. Uh, So we're helping kind of tackle that in advance by helping people save money on their mortgage over time uh, by getting some of the lowest rates. And then also by targeting their recommendations on ways they can leverage their home equity to invest in other assets and help compound wealth over time. Right, like other assets like an RRSP or something like that, right? That's something that'll actually help them uh, uh, pay out during uh, retirement. Yeah, so that's a great example. Other examples, uh, just speaking to some of the things we've helped our clients do is, um, so we have some clients that actually have surplus uh, purchasing power. So we've actually helped people buy investment properties. Um, similarly, there's also the, case, the use case for exactly like you, you raised a really good point. So RSPs and TFSAs, the vast majority of Canadians have a lot of underutilized uh, or unutilized space, I should say, in, in any of those. So if you're able to, you know, earn five, six, seven percent in these asset classes with tax advantages, and then you're paying, you know, two, two, two and a half percent on your mortgage rate, there's an ability for you to compound that wealth over time. So how is Perch different from a bank or a mortgage broker? No, oh, I mean, uh, that's the, the million dollar question, right? <laughs> uh, so let's start with banks. So I guess a, we actually work with banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of the larger banks we are, we are a broker for. So this is more of not really, the, so let's just start with perch or like brokers versus banks in general. So we have access to over 30 lenders and our tech stack is really unique in the sense that people are able to get a ton of recommendations um, in, in an autonomous fashion. So you can create a profile, you immediately are notified when it's time to switch, how much your penalty would be, how much equity is in your home. We give people monthly property updates. Um, so we're very proactive in helping people identify opportunities that sometimes aren't there for long. Uh, I mean, especially in today's markets, you've got, uh, you know, somebody would have got a very different rate three months ago uh, versus today. So we are essentially helping people put it on autopilot without uh, taking a ton of effort on their end to really get these notifications and, and action on it. Um, and relative to other brokers, we it's actually a very similar advantage in the sense that our technology is enabling us to offer people a lot more insights in a scalable fashion. Um, so we actually have a handful of advisors that service quite a large book uh, because our platform is doing a lot of the work. And typically, we're able to offer uh, like really low rates compared to what you would get at the at the bank or at your broker. So for people who already have a home and they're in, you know, five-year mortgage renewal or whatever, do they have to wait until the end of their, their mortgage renewal period to take advantage of your services or can they do it anytime? Uh, so that's the best part is honestly, even if you don't work with us, there's value you can recognize. So uh, just to use your exact example, let's say I had one or maybe two properties. Uh, I create a perch profile. I add my property and my mortgage details. I get insight into how much my property is probably appreciated, how much equity I have available in my home, and what my new mortgage rate could look like if I either A, broke it today, or B, renewed it when it's time. So I guess the only difference between those two is if you break it early, um, Mm -hmm. so you don't have to wait until your five-year term is up, there is a penalty that you can break to break it early. However, that does complicate things because then the interest savings you need to have to justify the penalty need to be there, uh, which you... And honestly, in some cases, it is there. Uh, we've seen uh, 
many scenarios where people can break early and still realize quite a bit of savings. Um, but if it's not, then the worst case scenario is when you do come up for renewal, you then have a good sense of what is the market rate I should be getting today. Um, and some clients literally do just that. They'll take, uh, they'll use our Perch Pathfinder, which is a, essentially a, a mortgage offer comparison tool. And they'll print it out and literally take it into their bank branch where they can go, hey, this is what I could get on the market. Can you beat it? Uh, so either their lender will help, uh, that'll help them with negotiating power just to have a good sense of what they could get in the market today. Mm-hmm. And then worst case scenario, if their lender is not willing to play game, then you know they can take it to us and we'll help them get a better rate. And where can people find out more about Perch? Uh, so our website is myperch.io. Uh, I mean, if you Google us, uh, we, we even rank uh, above the fish now, so it's, uh, we're pretty easy to find. But other than that, we also have a helpline. You can talk to any of our mortgage advisors before just to get a bit of in, uh, insight. But for the most part, it takes less than five minutes to create a profile. And from there, you're able to get a tremendous amount of insights into potential options you could explore, things that you could benefit, and how much you could save. All right, Alex, thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I really appreciate you uh, bringing us out and uh, help, you know, shining a light on the uh, all the tech companies and in, in, in the, the general area here. Great. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You as well. Bye. Alex LaDuke, he's the CEO of Perch, that is spelled P-E-R-C-H. Perch is a tech company that helps you build wealth through real estate, and that is our Tuesday tech spotlight feature. We have a few minutes left here. Uh, you know, traditionally at the end of the show, maybe we can just open up the phone lines. If you have anything you want to comment, maybe something you heard on the show earlier today that you still want to comment on, you can always do that at 519-570-2545. Out of town, 1-800-570-5715. And star 570, hands free. This is Kitchener Today on City News 570. Commercial break was not three minutes. There's no way. I'm like, I'm, I'm talking to producer Jordan here in what we call the talkback system, which we, you know, we can, we can talk off the air in between rooms. All of a sudden, I hear the music. I'm like, there's no way I'm back. This is Kitchener today on City News 570. Producer Polly in with you today. Uh, I, I want to keep promoting it. So I'm obviously I'm hosting today. I'm here. I'm here right now. Uh, also hosting on Thursday and on Friday. So you get me three days this week. And because I'm hosting Friday, uh, I am intending to do free phones Friday. We've been missing it for the last couple of weeks. And so yeah, get, get, get your dialing fingers ready Friday at 2 p.m. Free phones Friday returns for, at the very least, one day only. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. How how is that for my my monster truck voice guy? <laughs> yeah, it's been an interesting show. If you want to comment on something that you've heard on the show today, we still have a few minutes till the end of the show. Five one nine five seventy twenty five forty five out of town one eight hundred five seventy fifty seven fifteen and star five seventy. So our first guest was Kimberly Hillier. Uh, she was a lecturer. Uh, the Faculty of Education at the University of Windsor, and she wrote an article called, Is March Break Really a Break? How Pandemic-Weary Parents Can Recharge and Connect with Children Without a Vacation. So these were just ideas about things that you could do without 
you know, having to plan a big thing. Let's go to a movie. Let's go to a hockey game. Let's, you know, let's get out of the house. These are things that you can kind of do either in the house or that, you know, don't cost an awful lot of money. Things like spend time in nature, have a family activity night, like a game night. Those are always fun. Uh, get active, uh, connect daily, you know, you know, d- just, you know, talk to your children about various things, uh, you know, see what they're thinking about stuff, really get to know them a little bit uh, and reduce screen time. So, uh, so that was interesting. Kim- Kimberly Hillier, that was at uh, uh, 1230. At uh, one o'clock, we talked about uh, the Blue Jays season, not just the Blue Jays season, but the baseball season is coming back. And that deal that was announced last week between the players and the owners seemed to come out of nowhere, but we have baseball coming up in just a couple of weeks. Actually, I think the first spring training games are this weekend. I don't know if we're carrying any of them on City News 570 or not. I don't want to promote something that might not end up be happening, but uh, it's possible. Uh, we got a couple of calls on the line. Let's see what people want to chat about. Terry, go ahead. Hey, Paulie, I was going to call you earlier when you had the Ian Hunter on yeah. you know, the, the the baseball. Actually, um, yeah, I know your segment ran a little long there. But, uh, yeah, I like the new rule changes. I like the DH going to the National League. I've never been a big fan of watching a guy do an imitation of a human fan. <laughs> uh, three whips and you, you go sit on the bench. And, and I like the extended playoff. Um which is good because I never cared for that one playoff, you know, yeah, game play-in. You know. So 12 teams get into the playoffs now. That's about as far as I would want to go. I don't want to see this like the NBA where over half the teams make the playoffs. Yeah, the NBA now, they started last year where they have the the top six make it and then the, the seven to ten have mm-hmm. a one game, you know, that what, what do they call it, like a... Um, Round robin? Seven, well, seven plays eight for a spot, and then the loser of that game plays the winner of 9 and 10. Or kind of like a March Madness bracket. Yeah, like uh, like a play-in type thing. But yeah. the one, yeah, like like I said, I didn't care for that one playoff game. Yes, I like six, because the, the best two records get to buy, and then the mm-hmm. next, it's like football used to be. Remember the, uh, when they had the, uh, the six-team playoff, with the top two uh, best records got the buys, and then right. the next four played the wall card. Yeah. So it'll be similar to that, except they'll just have the extra games. And I, the only thing I wish they would do is, is enforce the strike zone. I hate watching four-and-a-half-hour baseball games. It just drives me bananas. Years ago, that was unknown. A game would be done at, at like in two, two-and-a-half hours. That was it. Wouldn't I remember, you enforce the strike zone? Like the umpires need to tighten up that strike zone? No, they just, uh, like, uh, ball, like, a lot of times they just don't call strikes anymore. Like, right. Uh, uh, like, uh, the old day, like, years ago, I just remember, uh, it was anything between the, uh, between the knees mm-hmm. up until the, where the letters were, or mm-hmm. below the armpit, yeah. and, and the width of the plate. Maybe an inch or so wouldn't hurt. But now they just, like, basically the strike zone now is the size of a donut hole. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. These, pitcher, these pitchers are so handcuffed now. I know that the players now, they're just, that's why the strikeouts are so high now. The number of strikeouts are higher than they ever been because mm-hmm. players are just swinging for the fences because they know that the the, the strike zone is not going to be enforced. So I wish they would do that. I like if they could just shorten the games, it would be so great because I just don't want to sit there for four and a half hours. And, and you know, I, I can I can tell you, Paulie, during the regular season, I'll probably watch maybe ten games in mm-hmm. its entirety. The rest, I'll just you know pick up here and there. I just can't sit there for that long. I wish they would just improve. Yeah. That. Uh, thanks for the call, Terry. Okay, thanks, Paulie. Yeah, I was watching on uh, the MLB Network a couple of weeks ago. They were talking about, uh, you know, some of the different rule changes. And they were showing, because they were talking about the pitch clock. 
in which they've brought in. And they showed a clip of a World Series game from like 1981 or something. And the the time between pitches was, was maybe, it's like, like, I think it averaged 14 seconds. Whereas these days it's it's twenty to twenty five seconds, so you're not imagining it. Uh, the game really was faster forty years ago. Aaron, go ahead. What do you want to comment on tonight or today? Yeah, Paulie, I uh, grew up in Cambridge, and twenty five years ago, West Gulf started putting in speed humps, but they only put them in in the affluent neighborhoods, and all of a sudden, a few blocks where I lived, mm-hmm. all of a sudden traffic went there because they couldn't cut across these neighborhoods, so they just went up a few blocks. Oh, so and, it just uh, diverted traffic from the speed hump neighborhoods to the to the non-speed hump neighborhoods. Yeah, exactly, and it was the wealthy neighborhood that got the speed humps, mm-hmm. and then everyone else didn't have them. So as long as these speed humps that the councillor is talking about get put in in a fair distribution... Uh, it's just something for people to consider because otherwise you're just <laughs> sending speeding traffic otherwere. Other I, I never thought of that, but that's that's an interesting point, Aaron. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's it's there's there's speed humps in my neighborhood. I always find it funny when you have you know someone with a like a low rider car. You know that's you know all the cool kids do that, and their car is so low that they actually have to go over the speed hump on an angle because that's the only way that they could go over the speed hump without risking scraping the bottom of their car. They just can't go straight over it. <laughs> Rob, go ahead. What do you want to comment on today? Hey, Paulie. So about the wheel and door thing. Oh, here, yeah. You, you, yeah, that, that thing. You seem like a smart guy. You seem like an outside oh, of the no. thinker. But... Yeah. So what do you think... Humans created first, the door or the wheel? Hmm. I think the door, right? Because I, I, I guess a door doesn't even have to be literally a door. It can just be a doorway that you walk from one room to another. Is that a door? A, a barrier that can move. Right. So I think it was the door first. Yeah, just because it came first doesn't mean that there's more of them. Very true. <laughs> Trying to mix it up a bit here, Paul. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that's all very good arguments, Rob. All right, thanks. All right, thanks a lot. Yeah, we were we were talking about the uh, the doors versus uh, <laughs> windows debate. That was that was at one thirty. This is this is the thing that everybody on the internet is going crazy about right now. What are there more of in the world, doors or wheels? Of course, there is no definitive answer. Right, it's it, just all—it's all subjective, and it's such a—it's such a goofy argument. But you know, the, the, this poll by this Twitter user Ryan Nixon uh, generated at this point still a two hundred and thirty-three thousand votes, and a whopping number fifty-three point. Well, I don't know if that's a whopping number. It almost seems pretty even. Fifty-three point six percent of respondents voted there's more wheels in the world, while the other forty-six point Four percent voted doors, and yeah, I, you know, I saw this on the on television this morning. The hosts talked about it for like four minutes. They were debating this amongst themselves, and every time we brought it up at the office this morning, it, it, everybody instantly had an opinion 
on whether there's more doors or whether there's more wheels in the world. I know in the overall scheme of things, it doesn't matter. It's a weird debate. Maybe some will think it's a dumb debate. But you know what? In the world that we're living in these days, with all the bombings and everything, this is it, it, I think it's a, uh, a welcome diversion to talk about something goofy for just a few moments. Murray, go ahead. Hey, I'm really into getting goofy here, too, because I'm really sick of all this cold bed and all the war. But I want to say, hey, who came first, the doors or Steelers wheel? I don't know the answer. To, I think it would be the doors. Is that right, Murray? Okay, well, then you got the steel wheels terror by the Rolling Stones, wasn't it? You know what? I don't, I'm not familiar with the Rolling Stones' entire catalog, so you might know better than me. I just thought I'd get in and get goofy too. Yeah, that's well. Well, we did have we did have a call earlier who who, who tried to make the argument that they have so many albums by the Doors. <laughs> I think that was Mark who tried to make that argument, but uh, yeah. So that that's what the internet is talking about right now. Uh, are there more Doors or more Wheels in the world? And we had a lot of fun with that topic on the show. Today and of course, the part of this is it, like, like, what's the de- like? How do you define doors? Right, sliding doors, car doors, the, the the center console in your car is that considered a door? I think that one's debatable. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's a really interesting. Uh, now, now, here's an interesting comment on Twitter on the original post from this from this. I think his name was Alex Nixon. What about Doors on Ferris wheels. So Ferris wheels have doors, and the door of the electrical cabinets or operating booth of the Ferris wheel. So now you have doors on wheels. This is getting really complicated. Tom, go ahead. How are you? Good. What do you want to comment on today? Uh, well, I'm commenting on uh, the Ukraine, but because uh-huh. I negative and I don't believe this stuff. Uh, you guys cut me off. Oh, it's, okay. Uh, it's really okay. It's it's very complicated. Yeah. Like right now, uh, you don't know who to believe. I mean, if you go by the record, uh, Syria, Libya, Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, way, and somehow this one doesn't make any sense at all. Like I said, uh, the uh, Lisa Laflamme asked. Uh, Trudeau and uh, uh, Christine Freeland, you know, she says, uh, mm-hmm. so what do you got now? NATO's got uh, the Ukrainians fighting the Russians for you. You couldn't answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything came out really, really crazy. I mean, first of all, is a corrupt country before that. The, the, the president got caught with $500 million in the uh, banks. The Ukrainian president? Yeah, not this one, the one before him. Oh, okay. So then they voted, and they got uh, uh, this guy. Now, he was going to make a pact with the Russians to make peace. Nothing happened. Then there's all that stuff with uh, Biden and Ukraine and his son making three million. It's it's really complicated. Mm -hmm. All they wanted was do not go into NATO, because look at Latvia. Look at uh, all those uh, countries next door, Romania, Poland, uh, 
they're surrounding the Russians, and the Russians said no. Mm-hmm. But now we are so close to a nuclear war; it's crazy. Yeah, there was. I saw on the news this morning. There actually, the, the, there's there's rumors that this could turn into a nuclear war. That's pretty scary, yeah. Tom. No, no, it it, it is, and then uh, we should just tell Trudeau to look down. I mean, he wants to look good in the country, but. Uh, he got it to dollar uh, eighty, almost two dollars uh, a liter of oil, and he's uh, traveling all over and sending five billions over there. Not that they don't need it. Mm-hmm. Now, here's another thing that uh, hurry up. We've got thirty seconds. Okay, thirty seconds. All the countries like Poland is like if you gave them a lottery, half of the stuff that's going to go there because it's the most corrupt country is going to end up on the world market, mm-hmm. the black market. So it's it's not good. We should uh, stop, uh, have the president go meet with uh, Putin and then see what he can do. All right. Thanks, Tom. I, I don't think there's any kind of global conspiracy with this war to purposely increase oil prices. <laughs> anyway, I'm back on Thursday. This is Kitchener Today on City News 570.